Hello and welcome to Warshaw Burstein Perspectives, our continuing series of podcasts to help you understand the key issues at the intersection of law and business. And today we are taking a look at mezzanine and preferred equity financing for real estate deals. We're very happy to be joined once again by Michael Zuckerman of counsel at the New York law firm Warshaw Burstein. And Michael, thanks very much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. And we uh, do need to say that in addition to being a lawyer and a teacher, uh, you are a developer yourself, so you have a great deal of experience in this issue. Yes. And so it's my understanding that these are mid-level financing in real estate deals. When would you need this kind of a structure, mezzanine or preferred equity? When the developer can't raise enough money from his senior debt providers, um, he will frequently go out and get a mezzanine or a preferred equity or sometimes the developer wants to get non-recourse financing, so he'll get very low senior debt financing, let's say 50 to 60% of the total capital required or the capital stack as referred to in, in the business. So 60% would be senior debt and then you may want to get as much as 20% or 30% of mezzanine financing or preferred equity financing and then you only need 10% equity. So uh, we're talking about subordinate debt here, correct? Correct. So a developer comes to you and they have a project. How would you determine whether either of these two solutions might be right for them? The developer is going to say um, he may not have banking contacts to be able to secure the most possible financing. Let's say typically uh, traditional construction financing or development financing if the building is, is, is not a ground up construction would be in the range of 70 to 75 percent. For whatever reason, he can't seem to get a 70, 75 percent loan. So he'll take a lesser loan and he'll still need to fill the, the difference of the capital requirements. So we'll suggest to him that he go out and get mezzanine financing or preferred equity financing. And more often than not, uh, the lenders may say to us that they don't want mezzanine financing because it's debt. They want preferred equity because it's treated as equity. They fill the same functions and they're priced primarily around the same thing. Uh, it's just a difference in the capitals and the in the technical way in which the investment is made. So a lot of this is dependent on the lender. It's dependent on the senior lender more often than not. Mm -hmm. So what are the different types of mezzanine financing? Well, occasionally, rarely, there's a second mortgage. Um, and some lenders will permit a second mortgage, but today that's a very, very rare situation where a second mortgage is permitted. The second thing is to have uh, a senior lender come in and do what's called an AB structure, and he will lend up to 85 or 90% of the capital stack in one loan, but he's gonna blend. He's gonna have the senior debt at one price, the mezzanine at another price, and he's gonna give you a blended proposal. In today's world, that blended proposal is, say, somewhere between seven and eight and a half over LIBOR. And then the third possibility is that the senior lender comes in for, we're doing one transaction where the senior lender is in for 60% of the capital stack at three and a half over LIBOR. The preferred equity investor wants 12 and three quarter percent, and then the equity investor is coming in with 15%. The, cap, the preferred equity is going to 85%, of the capital requirements and the last 15% is common equity. And so how would you determine which of these uh, to use? It's more often driven by the senior lender, um, but 
we see more and more people doing preferred equity because the investors are a little bit more lenient on the preferred equity than they are on the on the on the mezzanine. Mezzanine is is a form of a loan. It imposes more requirements on the developer. Um, so frequently, the lenders are more relaxed if it's preferred equity, and 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 the developers are a little bit more relaxed. Frequently, in the in the mezzanine structures, there's a required payment of some number. Let's say that the rate is going to be 12, 13 percent. They may say to you, okay, you have to pay 8 percent and you're going to accrue the other 4 or 5 percent if it's mezzanine. In the two recent deals that we did that were preferred equity, um, they actually required no payment until the preferred equity was paid off. So there was no extra requirements of cash to pay debt service. It was just paid out of the sales or refinance when the preferred equity was taken out. And what kind of um, real estate projects are we talking about here? They apply to almost everything. Um, they're done more often than not in, um, we've seen them in hotels, we've seen them in senior housing, we've seen them in office buildings. Haven't seen them too much in industrial. Uh, I haven't seen any in retail, um, but a lot in hotels, a lot in senior housing. All right, we've talked about the mezzanine financing structures. Uh, tell us about uh, the uh, equity financing uh, structures. All right, L let me back up a step and let me talk about the structure of mezzanine financing because because they're slightly differently, mezzanine versus the preferred equity. In the mezzanine structure, the lender makes a loan to the borrower and the borrower grants the senior lender a first mortgage and frequently the first mortgagee will require an assignment of the ownership interests of the developer. So what the developer does in order to get a mezzanine loan is it creates another entity which we're going to call the parent of the borrower. And the parent of the borrower owns the borrower. And the securities in the parent of the borrower, the membership interests in the LLC which is the parent of the borrower is what's assigned as collateral to the mezzanine investor. So it's a loan. It's a loan and it's a loan, it's a loan, all right? When it's preferred equity, what you're doing is it's similar to, in the corporate world, preferred stock. So the investor is preferred in liquidation to the senior, to the common equity. He gets paid before the common equity gets anything. So therefore, there's no distributions to the common equity until the preferred equity receives his return plus the return of his capital. The common equity then participates after the preferred equity is paid, but he is equity participant in the ownership of the LLC. Let's talk about returns. Uh, what kind of returns can investors expect uh, in these structures? In an existing building where you need to provide mezzanine financing for whatever reason, the rates are going to be high single digits, rarely below 8%, nine, but more likely uh, low double digits. Um, when you get into the development business, it's low double digits to mid double digits. Um, the pricing for preferred equity, because the perception is that it's a little riskier, is frequently about a point higher than mezzanine financing. So the typical mezzanine financing in a development deal would be 10 to 13 percent, and the preferred equity would be, say, 11 to 14 percent. And there's points that are charged by the mezzanine investor and by the preferred equity investor. 
most of the money that's being invested in that in these kinds of transactions is coming from funds that specialize in mezzanine and preferred equity and it's a very very it's it's a lending technique that family offices love for whatever reason that's their preferred investment is to make a preferred equity investment or a uh, or a mezzanine investment now there needs to be agreement uh, from the um, first uh, mortgagee or the senior lender what role uh, do you play in crafting that that the agreement in the mezzanine world is called a intercreditor agreement and the lawyers basically negotiate with the uh, mezzanine lender let's talk mezzanine lender first and generally what the mezzanine lender is willing to do between the mezzanine lender and the senior lender is the mezzanine lender wants the ability to keep current the senior debt and deal with the developer and if necessary foreclose on the developer foreclosure in a mezzanine loan is the sale of those securities it's a UCC1 foreclosure as opposed to a mortgage foreclosure from the senior lender and all they, the mezzanine lender wants under the intercreditor agreement is the right to deal with the borrower and keep the senior lender current. In the preferred equity world, it's called a recognition agreement, and it has the exact same functions. Before there's a default, the senior lender must notify the preferred equity investor or the mezzanine investor. The preferred equity investor then has the right to deal with the senior lender, to, to deal with the developer. And if he can't, he has the right to dilute the developer down to zero to dilute him out pretty substantially and take over management and basically become the common equity. So uh, senior lenders, I understand, uh, want to keep certain rights in the event of a bankruptcy. Correct. Um, frequently, they will not permit the mezzanine investor or the, senior, or the preferred equity investor to do anything until there's an actual bankruptcy. But today, over the last few years, that has changed so that most of them are willing to let the mezzanine lender or the preferred equity guy deal with this, the uh, uh, the developer common equity guy, and it, you don't have to wait till bankruptcy. That's a changing law over the past few years. Uh, now we've spoken about returns. Tell us about distribution of cash flow, how that differs, and how that's structured. That's pretty much the same in both instances. The way the mezzanine works is let's assume, as we described before, there's a payment of, let's say, let's say the interest rate is going to be 12, 13%. Let's say 13. So there's a payment of 8%. There's a, an accrual of 5%. There's no cash distributed to the developer until the 13% that we're talking about, including the paid and the accrued, is paid in full. And then the, the developer can start taking cash flow. Occasionally, but rarely, I would say less than 20% of uh, the preferred equity or the mezzanine lender will allow the developer to take cash flow after the current, the 8% is paid. In the preferred equity world, it's much more, it's much less likely they will permit cash flow to be distributed to the developer for whatever reason, and all the money is paid to the preferred equity investor before the developer gets any money. We're speaking with Michael Zuckerman on the uh, issues of uh, mezzanine and preferred equity financing for real estate deals. Michael, you've given us a nice overview. Let's try to sum up now, beginning with uh, mezzanine financing. What are the advantages to using this structure? It allows the developer to come in with less cash than he would normally do. Um, it's a technique in which you can close the gap between the senior lender and the common equity. 
and it's the most frequently used tool. There's much more mezzanine financing done than preferred equity. One of the distinct disadvantages is that it imposes its leverage, and because it's leverage and it's a loan, um, if you don't meet the requirements, it's more likely that because there's more debt that there's going to be a potential foreclosure risk, so therefore because there's more leverage, uh, that there's a great likelihood that a greater likelihood that the developer will get wiped out. The preferred equity guys are a little bit more forgiving on these issues, but still, you have to make the payments, and if you don't make the payments, it's additional leverage and it's foreclosure. The other thing is, when you do mezzanine and preferred equity, it's much, much harder to find institutional equity willing to stand behind the mezzanine or the preferred equity. The family office kind of investor, for whatever reason, seems to be willing to stand behind, but the uh, the institutional equity will not. And um, the advantages to preferred equity? It's it's not debt, okay? And um, most lenders are willing to accept preferred equity as opposed to a mezzanine. And the most important difference has to do with the back when, when um, after 2008, the government came in and imposed many, many restrictions on uh, lenders, and one of those was called high-velocity HVCRE, common real estate, uh, commercial real estate, HVCRE, and it required 15% of the capital um, in, a ca in a transaction to be equity. Most banks will not accept mezzanine as equity, and every bank will accept preferred equity as equity. And so uh, let's just summarize the reasons why you would want to choose uh, one over the other if, uh, if you have a choice. It's really, from the developer's perspective, it's probably not much different. And, and I would say that probably the documents are a little bit easier to deal with when it's preferred equity. Other than that, they're all virtually the same. From the developer perspective, it's different from the lender perspective. And uh, you at uh, Warshaw Burstein uh, offer these services? Yes, we have done a number of these, these transactions, yes. All right, and uh, hopefully uh, many more. Michael Zuckerman, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Michael, if uh, anybody wants to contact you uh, to find out more about mezzanine and preferred equity financing for real estate deals, how would they do that? My best thing is either to call me, telephone number is 212-984-7836, or email me, mzukerman at wbny.com. All right, thanks again, Michael, for enlightening us about uh, mezzanine and preferred equity financing for real estate deals on this edition of Warshaw Burstein Perspectives. Please go to WBNY.com for other Warshaw Burstein Perspectives podcasts and for more information about the Warshaw Burstein Law Firm. Thanks for listening. I'm John Metaxas.